0: These are the notes for week one day two mark chapter one verses one through three compared to the other gospel writers mark sparingly cites the old testament that's because quote the gospel of mark was written for roman gentiles it is all the more remarkable therefore that mark begins his story with a reference to the old testament that's from edwards the phrase it is written serves for Mark as a launching pad to explain that Jesus is the fulfillment of the many Messianic prophecies in the Old Testament. According to J.C. Ryle, In the very beginning of Genesis, we found it predicted that the, quote, seed of the woman should bruise the serpent's head. Genesis 3.15, all through the Old Testament, we find the same event foretold with constantly increasing clearness. It was a promise often renewed to the patriarchs and repeated by the prophets that a deliverer and redeemer should one day come. His birth, his character, his life, his death, his resurrection, his forerunner were all prophesied of long before he came. Redemption was worked out and accomplished in every step just as it was written. That's from J.C. Ryle. In Mark 1, verses 2 and 3, these are actually a compilation of three separate Old Testament texts, the primary citation coming from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. Each of the other three gospel writers... Also cite the same Isaiah text in reference to John the Baptist. Mark's point as well as that of the other synoptic uh, authors is to affirm that John the Baptist is the forerunner of the Christ in fulfillment of the uh, uh, Isaianic prophecy. Although allusions to several Old Testament texts are included in these two verses, Mark 1, 2, and 3, Edward says the whole is attributed to Isaiah who is considered the greatest of the prophets. Lane added, the citation of Isaiah indicates that the proper context for understanding the gospel is the promised future salvation found in the latter half of Isaiah. Clearly, John the Baptist is for Mark the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy, but Mark's main aim in his opening paragraph is to highlight the divinity of Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ. The baptizer's primary assignment, according to Mark's Old Testament quotation, Is to quote, make ready the way of the Lord. Edward says, in the quotation of Isaiah, several of the pronouns and the way of the Lord refer to God. Mark, however, applies these texts with reference to Jesus. This indicates that the baptizer is not simply the herald of the Messiah, but of God himself appearing in Jesus of Nazareth. Mark 1, 2, and 3 thus introduces John as the divinely ordained precursor of Jesus and Jesus as the manifestation of God, close quote. From the outset, Mark wants his reader to know that Jesus is Lord, the long-awaited Messiah. The repetition of the word way or path in these opening verses, mentioned three times in verses two and three, also served to introduce a larger theme throughout Mark's gospel. In Mark, Edward says, the way of God is ultimately the way of Jesus to The cross. Everything contained in Mark is designed to point the reader to the saving love of God in Christ. Can you imagine the exhilaration of those in Mark's day who understood that John's ministry was a new inbreaking of God's revelation of himself to mankind and of his promise keeping accomplishments? Just like everyone else used by God in Scripture, John's ministry assignment was to point to Christ. Lane says, from Mark's perspective, John is important not only for his own sake, but as the beginning of the unfolding drama of redemption which centers in Jesus of Nazareth. As the forerunner to Jesus, Mark not only wants the reader to consider John's assignment, but especially consider the one to whom John pointed. Verses 2 and 3, Behold, I send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Citing from Isaiah 40 to frame John's ministry is primarily meant by Mark to stun the reader, not with John, but with Jesus, with his majesty and magnificence. Because the opening verses of Isaiah 40 tell us about John the Baptist, and all the gospel writers make that plain, Mark is leading us to connect the remainder of Isaiah 40 with the one for whom John prepared the way, meaning... Mark, as well as the other gospel writers, cite Isaiah 40, verse 3, as fulfilled in the life and ministry of John the Baptist. But have you read the remainder of Isaiah 40 lately? If so, I believe these verses that follow are a description of the Savior for whom John in Isaiah 40, verse 3, prepared the way. Because we know with certainty that the opening lines of the chapter about John the Baptist, we are on solid ground to read the remainder of Isaiah 40 Christocentrically. Looking at the one to whom John proclaimed, consider the descriptions of the Messiah that follow the prediction of John the Baptist in Isaiah 40. There's a chart in your study on page 40 and 41 that takes the descriptions of God in Isaiah 40, and uh, I try to look at them through a Christocentric lens. I'll just give you a few examples. In Isaiah 40, verse 5. God is revealed as the revelation of the glory of the Lord. I believe that's a description of Christ. Or in Isaiah 40, uh, verse 12, we're told of his immensity, that he measures the waters of the earth in the hollow of his hands or calculate calculates the dust of the earth uh, with precision. I believe this is a portrait of, of how we're to think of Christ's immensity. Or... In verse 25 of Isaiah 40, there is no one to whom you can liken or compare him. There is no one who is equal to him. Verse 28, he is the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. He never becomes weary or tired, which is actually one of the big ways we see Jesus fulfilling um, God's assignment to him in Mark's gospel. Immediately, immediately, immediately. He's constantly serving. He even came not to be served, but to serve. And Isaiah 40, verse 28, you you see that, uh, I believe, Christocentrically that he's, yes, he sleeps, yes, he eats, but ultimately he never wears out, never weary or tired. uh, And he understands everything perfectly. So to conclude this day's uh, meditation on Mark 1, verses 1 through 3. Uh, I would say we have solid reason, I'm reading from the notes now, we have solid reason for making these Christological connections from Isaiah 40, not only because of the gospel writer's connection of John the Baptist to Isaiah 40, but also because the New Testament uh, goes on to pick up many of the same themes in the remainder of Isaiah 40 It shows how they were revealed in Jesus. For example, Isaiah 40 verse 28 speaks of, quote, the creator of the ends of the earth. In John 1 3, Colossians 1 16 17, Hebrews 1:8 explicitly declare that Jesus is the creator of all things. For another example Isaiah 40 verse 11 speaks of God as quote a shepherd who tends his flock and in John 10 11, we are told that the Lord Jesus is quote the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. Many such connections can be found between the specific breathtaking descriptions of God in Isaiah chapter 40 and the Lord Jesus Christ as he is revealed in the New Testament.